started polling I think when I was about seven but I I also really like picked my skin but I would sometimes pick like out an eyelash or like a few eyebrows eyebrow hairs and then also like I remember the hair on my arm I would like rub it together and then like pull it out but I think it was around high school is when I really started pulling my hair it had first started as me picking at my scalp and I would create sores on my scalp. And then at some point I realized that I got a sense of relief from pulling the hair out of the sore. And mm -hmm. that turned into feeling like, oh, there's probably a sore on my head here and pulling out all of the hairs to try to get the one in the middle of the spot. And then things really progressed. Um, in 2020, I bought a house and I actually was only house searching for 10 days, but it felt like forever. And that um, led to me having like the biggest bald spot on my head that I've ever had. Um, in the past, it was always like the size of the end of my thumb. And mm -hmm. by that point I had probably like a half dollar size on the top side of my scalp of hair missing. And then last year I was in grad school. I am a social worker and therapist. And in the middle of grad school, I realized that my polling was the most out of control it's ever been. And I said, I'm going to graduate. I just might be bald. <laughs> And I had worked with a therapist to try to stop pulling. And as stress from school got worse, I like quote unquote relapsed like pretty significantly and started pulling a lot worse. And by the time I graduated, I had probably like half a size of my, of like a, my palm that was bald in the same area that used to be like a half dollar size. And then years ago was just the size of the end of my thumb. And you recently had the diagnosis, the official diagnosis. Yes. For so Talk I'm, about that. I'm autistic and I was diagnosed with autism at two and a half. And my mom had actually told me that at one point I had been assessed for trick and they said it wasn't that it was just autism. And so I never pursued getting a diagnosis. I always just thought, oh, I have something like trick, but mine's from like stimming with autism. So it's not the same. And then like, I think in November, I sought out a therapist to help with body focused repetitive behaviors and thought, well, even though it's not what I thought was not technically trichotillomania, it still could go and get some help with the same type of behaviors. And after you had reached out to me about this podcast, I actually was talking to my therapist. Her name is Blake Cranmer. And she, I said, I don't think I ever had an official diagnosis, but I did want to ask you like, what diagnosis are we working under? And she was like, 
I have you diagnosed as having trichotillomania. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I thought that I couldn't because it was autism. And we just talked about that a lot of information has changed. And another thing that I thought about probably at the time I was assessed, I was pulling out a few eyelashes, a few eyebrows, but really like digging into my skin the most. And so at that point, it might have not met like the criteria to be as extreme as what it's turned into now that I'm 31. How did it feel getting the official diagnosis? It was kind, it was kind of a relief because it, it like it made sense to me and it also like it's going to be so much easier to tell people like that it's trichotillomania than oh well i'm autistic and this is what stimming is and my stems are self-destructive and so i pull my hair out but it's not trichotillomania but it looks like trichotillomania and so now to just be able to say like it's trichotillomania it also feels validating because now I know that this isn't just like a stimming behavior that I just need to change to something else. It is mm -hmm. something like that I will have to just like constantly work on and work on it just like being less polling versus no polling. What are some of your rituals, if you have any? when you're pulling out your hair. Yeah, so I think that that's probably also one of the reasons they didn't think that I had it when I was first assessed is because I think it was a long time ago when they they thought that everybody with trichotillomania like ate their hair. And I've never done that. I've usually just pulled it out and I look at it and then I just like throw it away. What has changed through this kind of like progression is because of damaging my hair follicles, I have white hairs that grow in and the texture is different. And so now when I do pull, it's less about, I'm not looking for a sore, I'm not looking for just any hair, I'm trying to find the hairs that feel different and then I look at them to check to see if it's a gray one because then I know I got the hair that was, uh, the texture was wrong. And so my ritual has really changed over time. My hair grows in a different texture as well. It hasn't, I'm getting grays now that mm -hmm. I'm in my 30s. I'm getting some grays and I'm like, oh, yep, out you go. But, and they are, they're like a very wiry, strong hair. And so where I pull, I pull from right behind my ear. Mm -hmm. It'll grow in. I have like heatless curls in now, but typically my hair is straight and my regrowth is curly like yes. this. And so it's like every few years, it's like, okay, it grew back in and I'm pulling it back out. It grew back in because it's that different yes. texture. And mine is starting, I was telling you when I found you on TikTok that I have like two inches, but mm -hmm. this hair is, it just has like a little kink. And so I think mm -hmm. it's going to grow in wavy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And it's so interesting because I've heard from other people that any type of large section of not necessarily damage but doing mm -hmm. something with your scalp so whether it's like chemotherapy or something yeah your hair grows back in different and mm -hmm. i thought that's so interesting like, i just thought that was kind of amazing yeah and i oh realized this actually after seeing your TikTok, and then i went to my hairdresser um because one of the things when i have the money to do it that helps me is dyeing my hair so i can't see the grays 
but we were talking and I showed her my hair and I was like, yeah, maybe it's not just, I just thought that I had pulled out like, un, like hair that was underneath. So it's laying weird. And she looked at it and she was like, yeah, that might be a different texture. So tell me, have you always felt comfortable going to the hair salon? Yes and no. I feel I felt pretty comfortable, but I like always have like this a first conversation like with the hairstylist. Oh, and I think that usually when I would say it, it was I know it's bad. I pull my hair out. I'm trying to stop. And that was like, like my little um, like canned response. But then this hairstylist I found, her name is Ashley Shepard, and she has just been like so validating and also supportive. Like she now has her own like little room at a salon, so it's private. But before it was private, she said that she was willing to like meet with me like early in the morning or later in the evening, like if I wasn't comfortable and we also, when we were talking about dyeing my hair to cover the grays, I had talked about going blonde again. And she is the first stylist who has told me that might not be a good idea because the bleaching your hair could really damage the short hair growth you have coming in. And then you'd have to like start over. And so I've just been really impressed by that because no one's ever said that to me. They've just been like, okay, let's go blonde. And so we went with a darker hair color to co to cover my grays and not damage my hair. Well, that's so special. I know for a lot of people with trick to go to the hair salon is a feat in itself. But then to have someone so supportive, that's really awesome. Mm -hmm. Have you had someone where you, you know, you tell them, hey, you know, I pull my hair out. I know it's bad. Have you had people that say, oh, I've heard of that before? Or have they been kind of like confused about it? I think most of the people have either like heard about it or just like said like that's interesting. I don't think I've really ever had a negative response. The only thing that may be negative that I'm kind of like looking back on now and like I guess like processing is I worked in an office before and people like when they'd see me picking they'd be like Emily stop picking. And at the time I was like thank you like that's helpful but i think that that kind of has to do with like maybe like being autistic and like masking and being like a people pleaser but also like sometimes picking is like just what happens when i'm really stressed and so like on the other like side of that it's like stop calling me out i, mm -hmm. I like sometimes i'm not aware but sometimes i am aware some people love having like that accountability partner and they yeah. ask for it. Me personally, I don't, I don't want that. I yeah. like, I know what I'm doing. My boyfriend helps me, but that's that's not like yelling it out across a room where there are other people in the office. So everybody's going to turn and like see me picking my head. He will hold my hand and he just got me a new fidget for Valentine's day. So oh. it's been really supportive and sweet. It's wonderful. What kind of fidgets do you feel work for you? So the one that he just got me, it's like, it looks like a fidget spinner, but it is three like circular magnets. And mm -hmm. I really like it because you can just like 
just do whatever with it with your fingers. But I also have a bunch of these uh, squishies and they're mm -hmm. like tiny, like, like, I guess I would compare them to like maybe like a tiny stress ball, but they're just like rubbery and stretchy and they help me a lot. I also found, I've seen these uh, things advertised and it's like a pumice stone with mm -hmm. liquid latex in them and they looked pretty expensive. And so I got on Amazon and got all the stuff to make my own and saved like 10 bucks. And now if I just get another pumice stone, I'll be able to like make more for a lot cheaper. But that is something that has helped me the most, but it only works at times when I would be focused on just pulling and not pulling while doing something else. Do you have certain locations, whether it's in the house or anywhere else that are especially triggering for you? You find yourself pulling there often? I've noticed for me that it is when at, for at home, it's when I'm on the couch watching TV. I kind of noticed with myself when I was watching TV, especially shows like The Bachelor, you know, mm -hmm. some that's a little cringy, a little secondhand embarrassment. Mm -hmm. I I want to pull the whole time. So I'm like, I need to stop watching that. Do you find yourself with Joe? Yeah. Like so um, a couple weeks ago, I was watching this thriller on Netflix and it was like the wife was kidnapped and the whole movie was like, is the wife alive? Where is she? And I realized that I was pulling my hair like pretty like repetitively a lot with a like, like high intensity, like of feeling the need to pull. And I was like, maybe I don't like thrillers. Yeah, there's something about that, like that tightness in the stomach. You know, it it's it really feels like that same sensation of, oh my gosh, I wanna pull. Yes. When you find yourself in a pulling episode, you know, you're you've been pulling for a while, do you have ways of getting yourself out of that trance? If I'm at home, I will take a bath or a shower and get my hair wet. The other thing that I've started doing is I really like to play video games. And so getting on a video game where both of my hands are busy. But I've noticed that on some games, like I play Red Dead Redemption online where you like ride a horse. Well, there are sometimes I notice that I haven't moved or done anything and my hand is in my head picking. And so then I will be like, okay, you need to like do a mission. Like you need to do something mm -hmm. like time to get like focused on something else. And I have also noticed that if I consciously stop pulling my hair, that then I will realize like a couple seconds later that yes, I've stopped pulling over here, but now I'm picking my face or now I am picking my eyelashes or scratching a spot on my arm. Like, so like for me, sometimes even like just the conscious thought of like, I'm going to stop. I don't actually stop doing the behavior. I just keep moving. And so I need something else in my hands or and need my head to be wet and need something that makes it more difficult to pick somewhere else. I notice for me when I have my hair straight, it's like if I blow dry my hair, I'm more likely to run my fingers through it because I don't want it to like look knotty or anything. Uh -huh. 
But then of course that leads to me finding a hair that's coarse that I want to pull yes. out. So I try often to, when I get out of the shower, I'll put my hair in a headband and kind of wrap my hair around it to get mm -hmm. these curls because I'm less likely to touch them because I don't want to mess them up. For a while I was wearing beanies because it was, it didn't just block me from picking, but somehow it made me aware of where my hands were. And that helped me a lot. But recently I've been like trying to wear beanies again and they just don't feel right on my head. I don't like having a hat on. And mm -hmm. so that's been kind of frustrating because it was something that really worked for me. And now I don't like how it feels. <laughs> when you first met your boyfriend, mm -hmm. did you tell him right away about your hair pulling? How did that kind of go for you guys? I think that he already knew about it. We worked together and were friends for a while before we started dating. And there was, I think that he already knew. And I don't know if I ever told him or if he just saw me do it. But one time we were at a training together and I think I must have told him. And I think I said something about, oh, I should have, I forgot to bring like more fidgets. And he mm -hmm. had a small one in his car and he went and got it for me over lunch. Yeah. And so that's like when I knew. <laughs> so cute. Yeah, no, it was very cute. And so I don't remember there being a time of me telling him. But I do know like in the past with dating experiences, I do tell people and I think I tell them like pretty upfront. And I used to have like a lot more like shame and embarrassment. And so it was always like this thing that I would say like, oh, I'm really insecure about my hair. I like struggle with like pulling it out. And I think what asked like, is that okay? Like, does that bother you? And more recently I have felt like I really am trying to like live this life of authenticity. I feel like it's a lot easier and loving myself as being autistic. And then with the now like trichotillomania, like being for me an extension of that, not being embarrassed or ashamed of that goes with loving myself. How did that come about? Because I know that's a really hard thing to change that talk from like negative self-talk yeah. to positive self-talk. I think it possibly started in college. I worked a job. Um, it's called Starkey. It's a place here in Wichita where adults with disabilities can live at different group homes. And I got a job and worked part-time while I was in college and kind of started to realize that maybe working with people is what I'm supposed to do. And that being autistic, I should start breaking stereotypes and be more open about being autistic. But I also kind of wonder, I can't remember, but I think I could have also been that way in high school. But it really started to take off when I found social work and realized that I could work with adults. Well, at the time I wanted to work with adults with disabilities and really use my own experience to help people and so it really started to take off in college everybody who meets me i tell them like pretty quickly that i'm autistic 
then well last year i went to grad school to become a therapist and realized that i can do therapy like with autistic people and also people who think they may be autistic i think self-diagnosis is really valid when it comes to that and with that i like autism is also my special interest but i feel like i really embrace like my identity as being autistic and that openness about that also like translates to my openness about having trichotillomania. I struggle with skin picking still and will sit in the mirror and find a t like a tiny blackhead that probably, and it's not even a blackhead, it's just like a pore that has stuff in it because that's how pores are. And I will pick at my face until I create spots. So I feel like oftentimes it looks like I have adult acne, but I wouldn't if I didn't pick. And I do, I also notice sometimes that my scalp is worse and my, when my face is doing really good. And then sometimes when my hair and my scalp is doing really good and I haven't, I don't have any sores from picking my scalp, my hair is growing back, my face is worse. One of the things that I'm working on currently is trying to use self-care to treat my hair and skin better and different using like serums and creams and cleansers and different scalp exfoliation shampoos. I just got some little like hair oil that's like just supposed to make your hair healthy and shiny. And so like trying to treat my skin differently and then also like with the skin picking if i can like use those serums and i also have like over-the-counter acne medicine if i can heal my face i won't pick again as soon or as much because part of it is this cycle of i've picked my face created spots now it is turning into acne so now i'm gonna have to pick those spots and then that then i will kind of pick at that until they heal so healing can take a long time because i'm picking at it every day and so working on having a different mindset about like my skin and hair and then treating it different to then with my skin to help it be healed for as mu much of the time as possible what other things do you do besides the skin and hair self-care I play ukulele and I've written music. I haven't written a song in a while, but I do also, I'll write and like journal and like write things to use for songs just in the notes app in my phone. I also have two cats and so self-care is cuddling with them. But I've also noticed that if I have the urge to pull, petting a cat sometimes helps. I take baths every day. That's like my biggest self-care. I also listen to music and love to sing. And so doing things like writing music, playing music, listening to music, it really helps me like process emotions. And I think that's one of the best things you can do for self-care. Even though baths are great, it's just doing things for yourself that help emotionally can go a lot farther than a bath every day. What would be some advice you would give someone who wants to share about their trick, but they're a little nervous? If they want to share, I think just taking the leap and tell somebody you trust 
or be weird and tell a stranger because you won't see them again and you can just try it out. I feel like it's a lot more freeing to accept it and be like, this is something I deal with and how it is than hiding it and worrying about what people like will think about it. And I've just gotten to this point where I know people think that I'm weird and, but I am. And like, I think weird is cool. And like weird people are the funnest to be around. And so I just like have gotten to this point where I don't care. And like you, I would think would want people in your circle to see past a thing that you do because you're stressed out. Have you, because you're open about your trick and everything, mm -hmm. have you met people where you share with them, oh, I, I have, you know, I pull my hair and they say me too? Yeah, that actually happened. I'm not going to name names, but somebody I work with had said that they wear their hair a certain way because they used to pull really bad until they started wearing their hair a certain way. And oh, it was kind of surprising, but also cool because I don't think I've ever met somebody who said like me too. Do you have any next steps in your, you know, self-love, self-acceptance journey? Yes. A big part of that has been making a career out of it because I just made a Facebook post the other day that um, was the reasons I was bullied are the reasons I am successful today. Mm -hmm. And making a career out of being different, I have found lots of people who are like, I finally found a therapist who gets it. And I finally found a therapist I feel connected to. And then parents who are like, their child just been diagnosed and they don't know where to go. And they're like, okay, this is somebody who's been through it. And it's been so validating to me that just all the hard things that, that I've been through for being different now are such a it's actually such a positive thing and so i'm just continuing to build my therapy practice but the other thing that i do have coming up is it's going to either be the end of march or beginning of april i was asked to speak for a nonprofit respite care for the united methodist church in newton kansas and they wanted me to, thank you. They want me to come talk about autism and talk to the families and parents and I think even the community. And so it's, yeah, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm excited, but I like at this point, I'm like, there's so much to say. What, <laughs> how mm -hmm. am I going to narrow it down? But I'm, I'm really excited and it's, it's just really cool because a lot of the things that are happening right now, I wish I could go back and tell my younger self, it's going to be amazing and worth all, worth all the pain you're going through. You and I had talked very briefly about accepting that this isn't a journey that's going to be, I stopped pulling. It's going to be, oh, I pulled a few hairs instead of a few hundred. <laughs> Mm -hmm. That was a tough pill to swallow. I mean, I, I kind of had to figure it out on my own because a lot of time the people that I met with, the professionals I met with were like, mm -hmm. you, you have to learn how to stop. It's up to you. It's up to you. And so when I 
tried all these things and was on all this medication and nothing's working. I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, maybe I'm never going to stop. Yeah. Like, how do I still love myself knowing that? Mm -hmm. And it was a hard, it was a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, I think so. Because in society, hair is so just important in terms of what beauty standards hair is such a focus. And I remember, I remember, I started having all these gray hairs. And I had joined a group on Facebook about trichotillomania. And somebody commented something about gray hairs and somebody else commented and was like, yeah, that's because the hair follicles been damaged enough that it's not growing in with color. And I was like, I didn't say anything, but I was like, that has to be wrong. That has to be wrong. And I Googled it and found out that it was true. And I was so upset that now I had all these gray hairs and I remember wishing like, oh, if I had just been able to stop before I got to this point, my hair wouldn't be like this damaged. I was working with a therapist and she was great, but she wasn't trained in BFRBs. And we weren't originally working together for that reason. But we had talked about me wanting to stop. And so we had talked about me wearing hats. And so I wore a hat for like five days in a row. And then it made me like super aware of where my hands were. And I think that I had gone two whole weeks somehow with not pulling my hair. However, just a disclaimer, every night that I took my hat off, I wasn't pulling my hair, but I was just digging into my scalp. So this, it wasn't like, it, it wasn't really like perfect. But then like one day I didn't even realize it and there was a hair sticking out of the beanie and I just pulled it. Like I wasn't even thinking about pulling. I don't even know that I was stressed out. And I remember immediately realizing it and I was like, oh no, but I had two weeks and like thinking about it in that way, I think is unhelpful because I think that probably led to my like quote unquote relapse of then pulling a lot more than usual. Say if I pull a bunch of my eyelashes out, mm -hmm. there's a part of me that says, get the rest. Yeah. How do you stop yourself from doing that? For me, my eyelashes have, I pull them, but I usually like get a feeling like that lashes are stuck together or they're like, there's something that itches that feels like if I pull it, it'll come out. And I've been, I guess, I don't know if lucky would be the right word, but usually I can pull a lash or two and the feeling will go away. And so, but with my eyebrows, there have been times that I've pulled them and over pulled a bunch. My eyebrows, this one is like shorter than this one at the front. And I've looked back at pictures and there are pictures of me as a kid that look like my eyebrows like that. But I really think that it probably is like this from pulling hair out. I think that I relate to that the most with like my, my hair pulling on my head. What's one more? And at this point, like, so that happened, I think, in college when I had this huge bald spot. It was like at this point, it's like too late. It's already huge. So what does it matter if you pull all day today because it's not growing back anytime soon?
with some of those things i think it's like a really like conscious effort of trying to remind yourself and remember that it does matter it is gonna grow back this might sound strange but i was thinking about this the other day when i was in like one of my more intense pulling mm -hmm. episodes but it seems to me like the sensation spreads and this this like i said this may sound weird but it also seems to me that like the hairs around it like loosen up almost. Like if yes. I'm pulling a lot, they easily come out. Yes. Yep. I've noticed that. Well, and that's something that I didn't say earlier is that when I pull, I usually like the root needs to be on it. Mm -hmm. And part of that I think comes from when I used to pick at the sores on my head, because I had folliculitis for a while, which is like getting acne on your scalp. And I think it was just from the oil on my hands clogging pores. But so I would try to pull a hair out of that because it felt relieving. And I always, I got into this thought of, I would need to pull the hair out of like the infected follicle. Um, I was really like wrapped up in that idea to then like have a release and when i would do that the root would come out but i thought it was some part of the infected or mm -hmm. pimple i thought it was stuff that was coming out of the pimple i didn't realize it was just the the root for my hair and so now when i pull i know it's the root but i still like that's a good one mm -hmm.